When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. I am fresh back from my two-week walkabout, fresh back from vacation here on NBC Sports on Peacock and NBC Sports Audio Sirius XM Channel 85. We say hello right here from Los Angeles, California, to everybody out there on the Rich Eisen Show Terrestrial Radio Network, powered by our friends at Westwood One, everybody on our Odyssey channel uh, listening to us through that app throughout the entire universe. We say hello to those who are listening to us wherever they darn well please on our podcast, where all podcasts can be acquired thanks to the Cumulus Podcast Network and YouTube.com slash Rich Eisen Show over anything that you may miss over the next three hours. And for those who are listening, for anybody out there who is listening, yes, do not adjust your sets, folks on Peacock. My tan is, in fact, raging. And it is glorious. And I'm wearing a short sleeve T-shirt that I bought in Italy because it's fashionable. And I look fabulous in it. And I am back in this chair. And I thank Ben Lyons for filling in for me last week and for everyone else that's been uh, patient uh, waiting for me to come back. Um, uh, I appreciate the fact that you weren't so impatient thanks to Ben's hard work in this chair. And my guys, Chris Brockman. Hey, Rich. And DJ Mikey D&D's Nuts. And then T.J. Jefferson, who's lit the candle already, hey. even though the heat from my tan could have lit it all the way across I mean, the studio. You, ain't, you ain't never lie. Oh. Somebody better turn the AC oh, on oh, in wow. here. It's hot. What is happening? Coming in hot. <laughs> I'm back in this chair. And I'm thrilled to be here on this program for the hey. next three hours. Hey. Kevin Van Valkenburg, hey. who is, uh, covers expertly the uh, the game of golf, golf, which is what the Scottish call it without the L. Um, he covers it for the worldwide leader in sports. He will be joining us on this program. And there are not just one, but two National Football League training camps that open for their rookies to appear today in Las Vegas, Nevada, where Mo Green has no pl- plaque or a signpost or anything. <laughs> Any mention of his name at the town that he has uh, he created? Disrespectful. Las Vegas, the Las Vegas Raiders are opening up for business for their uh, rookies in Henderson, Nevada. If you want to GPS it, at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, the old IHPC, <laughs> as the folks in Henderson might call it. <laughs> Do they? I don't know. If you live in Henderson, call the it. rookies have appeared there. And meanwhile, in Rochester, New York, Rochester. St. John Fisher College, Buffalo Bills rookies, welcoming with open arms. Take your cot, sing your fight song, (laughs) carry everyone else's bags. You're in an NFL training camp, and in honor of that, today we have not one but two NFL guests. Fred Warner of the San Francisco 49ers, he's going to join us on this program in hour two. USA Today did a write-up on their top ten linebackers in the league. He was number one. Hey, now. In the NFL. Top linebacker in the NFL. Fred Warner of Trey Lance's San Francisco 49ers. He will be joining us on this program. And then Najee Harris. Najee. In hour number three of this program, the man who will be toting the rock <laughs> primarily for the Pittsburgh Steelers in Acrisure Stadium. <laughs> Acrisure. <laughs> Say that. He might, be the most, you. He, might, he, might, you. he might be the most sure thing in Acrisure. Hey. <laughs> Well, outside of Mike Tomlin not leaving for USC. That's the that oh, puts yeah. the shore in Acrisure. 
Acrosure. Oh, by the way, that made it all the way to Italy while I was vacationing with uh, with Susie. Never say never, but never. Yeah. <laughs> they said many of those Steelers fans said that while they were staring at the Heinz Field ketchup bottle that's coming down as we speak. Never say never, but in never. that stadium. Uh, yes, <laughs> Najee Harris will join us in hour number three of this program. Oh, that's Najee. He will be joining us on this program. And hopefully you will as well. 844-204-RICH, number to What's ever on your mind in this sports world. Whatever is on your mind in this sports world. Love to hear. If you want to call and say, boy, Rich, how'd you get that tan? I'm happy to tell you. <laughs> well, then you're not on Instagram. That's another thing we want to talk about on this program. The All-Star Game is in this here town. Yeah. yeah. We got a home run derby to talk about tonight in Los Angeles, California. Battle for second place. Pete Alonzo trying to hit one all the way to Rancho Cucamonga. He can do it. With those specialized home run derby ball. And what an incredible lineup of stars. I love it. I mean, this is take note NBA slam dunk competition. This is the way it's done. Including Pete Alonzo, the polar bear. Polar bear. We'll discuss this on this program. And there are eight. um, There are eight members of the home run derby tonight which is one half of the lead the Yankees currently have over Brockman's Red Sox right now. And we'll discuss that on this program as well. What is there to discuss? Oh, much to discuss. Much to discuss. (laughs) fact that I'm back in this chair as well, uh, the last time I was in this chair was July 1. And Durant, Kevin Durant is still a net. Yeah, weird. Okay. Russell... West Westbrook is still a Laker, although he doesn't have the same agent anymore, and his agent is no longer with him because his agent apparently told him, "I think you should uh, you should stay with the Lakers." So what's up with that? <laughs> Kyrie Irving's still a net, but we start this program today with two words. Two words. We start this program today with two words: the mullet. <laughs> the mullet. <laughs> Or, five words, the mullet from Down Under. Man, he's so good. The mullet from Down Under, which was apparently <laughs> the original name of um, uh, Vegas show? Th- that stripper show in Vegas. <laughs> it, it just didn't work. It didn't, wor- it didn't work for the good people of Excalibur. They're like, the, mullet's eh, down under. the mullet Down Under. Uh, we, we can't sell tickets. Magic that. Mike 3 working title? Can't sell tickets. <laughs> can't, move, can't move tickets to the mullet Down Under. On the Vegas Strip, but you can, in the old course, in Scotland, St. Andrews, Andrews. in Scotland, where they call it golf, without the L. And just when you thought the golf gods were going to smile upon Rory McIlroy and the entirety of Scotland and everyone who came over from Ireland and anybody from... I mean, pretty much Longshanks was rooting for Rory McIlroy. The whole world. 95% of the crowd. Everybody. Everyone was was rooting for Rory. uh, I'm rooting for him. You're rooting for him. I know that, Chris. Yeah, for sure. And the reason why you're also rooting for Rory in this point in time, in this point in time, is because he is the face of golf right now. He is the face of golf right now in the face of the Live Tour coming at the PGA Tour. Rory McIlroy has basically planted the flag for the PGA Tour worldwide. And so at this moment in time for Rory to break through on the weekend and win right now, At that spot in front of that crowd in this moment, it had all the golf gods putting their thumb on the scale until the bullet from down under made the turn and said, not today. Not today, said Cameron Smith as he birdied 10 and 11 and 12, 13 and 14. That happened yesterday. That is, that is just stupid. That happened yesterday. Five birdies to start the back. And then, again, to do it in this spot, 
on this course at that moment with that crowd is one of the most remarkable feats. And I know in a show like this, we it's all about exaggeration, hyperbole, or whatever. Sometimes it's uh, the overreaction uh, Monday, right? I mean, we, we overreact. Recency bias, whatever. But you have to place it in perspective of one of the most special performances you've ever seen on a golf course in a major. Cameron Smith deserves all of that, plus the biscuit and the claret jug that he said he was trying to, he was going to find out last night. And I'm curious... Uh, to see how how many beers he could fill in that. I think he said later on he estimated about two would fit yeah, in there. because it's, it's only five and a half pounds. Yeah, it's not, right? yeah, it's it's not, not so big, big, but he was going to do mean, it about ten times. You could take a bath in what the PGA Championship <laughs> right. uh, hand. The Wanamaker, you could, right. you could, there's an undertow in that thing. Yeah, Rich, yesterday, man, it was the, right? the, the true embodiment of the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. You know, the whole world's rooting for Rory just because he has been the face of the PGA Tour in light of the live stuff yeah. and, and just... You know, it's not hyperbole to say we're going to be talking about what Cam Smith did in the back nine yesterday for, forever. Yeah. Forever. Especially since the only other guy to win the PGA, uh, the, the Players, Players Championship yeah. and the Open Championship in the same year Jack did it. And he, he also did it at St. Andrews. Right. And so he was spectacular yesterday. Just spectacular. And Rory... Couldn't make the putt. Couldn't make a putt. He, well, I mean, he couldn't get it close enough sometimes, too. He kept on, he kept on seemingly playing per, for par. It was amazing. And, Actually, he played, and, he played a great round. He didn't blow it. I hear people saying, like, he, he chunked it away. He didn't. He hit every green. He had 18 greens in the final round of the Open. He two-putted every hole. And but that's he what needed, you're supposed to do. That's what you're supposed to do. But he needed 68, and he shot a 70. Stay out of the sand. Stay out of those pot bunkers. He didn't hit stay any out of, bunker. Right. He didn't don't, get himself don't in three any putt, trouble. Don't three-putt. Don't bogey. The he problem is, a perfect he, got, round. he got a guy who shot a 64, and he birdied the first five holes of the, the, the back. He just got beat. He just got beat. You know, you could feel it on the front nine, too. Rory had perfect birdie chances at three and nine. He had eight-footers. And he missed both. And you miss both, and you're like, ah, going to wish he had those. And what a course. I'm yeah. telling you what. And I know this is something that Kevin Van Balkenberg is, wants to talk about, is where, where you got guys who are pounding at 350, 360 in the old course. Uh, when, 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 there's, when there's no weather. No wind. You know, yeah. you're going to have somebody who wins at 20 under par. Yeah. But it's still, it's still the old course. And it is the only course I think you could – put it up with or on par with is is Augusta National because it's it's iconic it has an iconic hole the road hole is where I mean folks and I I know I'm I'm talking to an audience that pretty much knows already but when when you're teeing off over a hotel okay (laughs) (laughs) TJ okay I know you're not that deep into this you're teeing off over a hotel which, by the way, I'm letting anybody know, when I check this off my bucket list, if you're staying facing the, the, the tea box in that hotel, you're getting one in your lap, yeah, okay? Cover. I am going to skull it. I'm going to skull I'm going to say, yeah. I'm going to just, because I'm going to, honestly. Like a hard I, shank. I don't know how many tee shots in my entire life uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll fortunately, hopefully, be able to get. Where I'm going to, I've been thinking about it for decades. And so yeah. I'm going to stand over that thing, and it's going to hit the hotel. But you have to hit a hotel, and then that second shot, it, hitting the green is impossible. Over the bunker, and then and then you have to go over a bunker, bunker in front of a road and 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 a stone wall. That I'm absolutely going to hit that too, because yeah. I'm going to because I'm going to wind up somehow then probably hit. my third or fourth shot about 50 yards shy of the green, and then I'm going to I have no shot like that in my bag. I'm going to skull it. I'm going to hit the wall. Hopefully it'll rebound on the green, and then I'll make it in one. So you got an iconic hole, and then the number of scoring holes, the number of opportunities that you can have to eagle. If you're back by four or five shots, you can make a run. And if you're up by four or five shots, there's many holes on which you find a wrong bunker, you're it's toast. Over. It's, yeah, over. it's over. You're four or five. So anybody could come from anywhere, and you could score from any spot. And there, there are some, again, highly challenging holes that you need to part in order to move on. And then other holes in which you can eagle, you can birdie, and there's trouble everywhere. That's like the back nine at Augusta. You know, yeah, you can score, you can, yeah. and, and no lead is safe. No lead is safe. And no lead is, and no deficit is too large. And you really. can't just sit on the lead like kind of what Royer was doing to, to make the turn and, and just expect to win. That walk up 18 with the, the, the hotel and the backdrop and, oh my God, it's, it's beautiful. 
And and so I I was all in on it. Yeah. I loved so it. So much drama on the last four holes. Yesterday. I loved it. it and by great. the way, just because you know there there is you know, I and Rich and, and Eisen, and I am a team player. Uh, flying back east, um, yes from yesterday, I watched the entire stream, the entire thing on Peacock. Thankfully, the Wi-Fi was strong enough on the flight to stream it. Unbelievable. The whole thing. It looked beautiful. Was incredible. And Cameron Smith, just he just took it. He took it with a performance for the ages, which is the way we say it. And so uh, just to make sure I'm checking all the boxes as an American sports broadcaster, spectacular win by the man from down under, which you have to say when somebody from Australia does anything. (laughs) And it was um, remarkable for sport, which is what you must say when you're talking about anything in Europe. And certainly if you're talking about anything in the United Kingdom, across the pond. Is that it? Trifecta. I could stay. I'll be here all week. Hank Goldberg would be proud. Hey, may may he rest in peace. He passed away while we were gone. So um, lots to talk about with Kevin Van Valkenburg of ESPN. We're going to dive a little bit more into the uh, British Open, which, by the way, when did they stop calling it that? It was like a few years ago. It just became the Open. I grew up. I was watching Jack win British Opens. I know. Tiger still said it the other day. He was like, British British Open. Open. Hopefully I'll be here a while. Yeah. It's the Open. Uh, The Open Championship. Um, and uh, Fred Warner of Trey Lance's San Francisco 49ers and uh, also Najee Harris of Acrisure Stadium fame. <laughs> that is not going over well in the Berg right Apparently now. Apparently not. They're, <laughs> I'm telling they're you. taking down a ketchup bottle right now, man, and people are pissed. <laughs> the answers are going to revolt, bro. I'm I telling just, you. By the way, I just Gizzers said those words. Revolt. I just said those words into a microphone, and it's not ironic. No, no, it's they're, happening. They're taking down a ketchup bottle, and people are pissed. <laughs> there it is. Wow. Look at that. The first ketchup bottle has been ruined. Okay. We're first, how okay. many are there? Okay. Two. We got there's, two. Two. there's two. They there's jump two. like this there's two. when they get there's in the red zone. There's two. They, they, wanted, they, to put, they wanted to put up 57. They're cool. They said, we, got, we got room They're for sad. two. It's All right. so, is there ketchup in that? I want I mean, I'll oh, take a bottle. Oh, you know who wants to know that? My son, Xander Eisen. He would take that right now. You guys know the key. And then he'd ask for more. He'd ask for more. Huh? No. You know the key to the, you know the Heinz bottle, right? We're going to get into this Same later man. on. It's We're going to get into this later on because, as you know, in the 21st century and certainly in this, this year of our Lord, 2022, uh, I, I don't understand when people get really emotional over naming rights. <laughs> so that, that, that's a subject we're going to hit on this program. Oh, on Baker Mayfield's uh, Carolina Panther. Oh, yeah, that happened. Oh, yeah, yeah, that happened, too. So we'll hit on that uh, on this. I'm back in the chair. My tan is, in fact, Raging Edition. Of the Rich Eisen Show. Kevin Van Valkenburg of ESPN.com and ESPN fame senior writer going to talk about what an incredible open championship yesterday. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices make sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit GameTime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% 
on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show Terrestrial Radio Outfit. For those uh, who may have missed what we just talked about on Peacock, uh, Chris Brockman, uh, sticky finger, five finger discounted, my best dad ever signed. By the way, my fingerprints are not on that side. Okay, very good. Uh, Mine are, because I took it back. Uh, Joining me here on the Rich Eisen Show on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line to talk about the 150th Open Championship that Cameron Smith essentially ripped away from the rest of the field, including Rory McIlroy, who finished third, is senior writer from ESPN, uh, Kevin Van Valkenburg, back here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you doing, Kevin? Good, Rich. It sounds like your desk could use a candle that you could light for Rory McIlroy. You know what? Uh, uh, we we could. We could pour. We, we could pour one out. We could pour one out. Um, <laughs> So, uh, you know, obviously in the sports world, uh, a lot of discussion about what somebody who loses didn't do, um, and we can kind of get to that in a minute, but that would also, um, I don't think, give full faith and credit to what Cameron Smith did in front of an entire um, golf world and also uh, gathered uh, patronage on the old course, rooting for Rory McIlroy. That was unbelievable. Where does that rank for you, Kevin? It's pretty high up. I mean, I, I think you could maybe the only thing you could quibble with is that the old course isn't quite the test that it once was where guys would have to sort of choose what, you know, clubs they were going to hit into greens because, you know, the the nuances of it, they're, they're all kind of pound and driver. Although Cam was kind of one of those guys who strategically laid back on certain holes. Like he... He was the one who was thinking his way around. It, it, how many guys are going to shoot a 30 on the back nine? It's, it's really only happened a couple times. You know, Nicholas at the 86 Masters is a sort of a famous example. And that's kind of what happened to, had to happen. If you played this round 50 times, Rory probably wins 48 of them. Then he didn't really play poorly. He just didn't play great, and Cam did. Well, did he play aggressive enough, do you think, Rory? What do you think about I that? I think there's some some holes that you could quibble with where maybe he should have gotten a little more aggressive. But I actually think what's weird to think about is I think he played this final round a lot like Tiger Woods would have played, which is basically like, hey, you got to come and get me. Like, I'm going to I'm gonna basically do nothing wrong. You know, it, a lot of people sort of don't really remember how Tiger was so good at playing defense in those final rounds. Like, he didn't really throw up 65s unless he had to chase, and then he never really – won one of those except for the 2019 Masters where he came from behind. And so, you know, there's a couple where, you know, Rory probably could have tried to throw the ball, you know, back to a couple back pins. But to be honest, like, he just played really mistake-free golf. And it's hard to sort of look at a specific decision and say, hey, you really, you know, he, he left that eagle putt one revolution short. It's hard to sort of say, well, yeah, you should have been more aggressive on those putts. Like, he just couldn't really – he got aggressive on 17 – and made a great swing into the toughest hole in the world, essentially, and just couldn't make that putt. So that's kind of what it came down to. No, and he went a, up against truly one of the great putting performances ever in, in golf, I think. I agree. And, and, and it's interesting you bring up Tiger, Kevin, because uh, I don't know who it was on the NBC Sports coverage. I think it might have been Nota Begay. But um, at the very outset of the coverage, uh, a, a text message from Tiger was read on the broadcast. Did you hear that? Did you hear that, Kevin? Yeah, Where, it is. Uh, so, it's a text to John Wood, it was, uh, that, Matt Kuchar's old caddy. And that's Tiger who it was. Essentially said, you know, take care of the, the short par fours, make your birdies there, you know, make the birdies in the par fives, maybe do a couple of things here or there, but just basically clean up uh, everything, play a tidy round, and you'll be fine. And, and that's kind of exactly what Roy did, except for he didn't do a couple special things here and there. And I was sort of actually thinking about like the 2005 Masters where Tiger and Chris DeMarco were way out ahead of the field. And essentially, Tiger kind of did that, played really safe. And there was that one amazing chip that we all remember. Mm. And that was kind of the, the essentially the difference, the amazing thing. And Roy just never had that amazing one moment like if he had had one of those that's right it's probably enough to hold off camp but yeah he just didn't have that one amazing moment yeah tiger said no no three putts no bogeys just um and play a play a boring and get a, a boring 68 and had he gotten a boring 68 there would have been extra holes even that still wouldn't have been yeah. enough that's how good 
Cameron Smith was. I've got Kevin Van Valkenburg from ESPN here on the Rich Eisen Show. Who is Cameron Smith for those who may just only know him as a, a guy with the mullet that they see on television? Walk me through him, if you don't mind. Yeah, so Cam's a great uh, Australian player that was never really regarded as like one of the top, uh, you know, young players in Australia coming up. You know, there's a, a lot of other guys that were sort of more highly regarded than he was, and he is just an unbelievable wedge player and putter, and is a very fearless dude. He won the Players' Championship earlier this year, uh, and he did it really by basically being aggressive and going after a lot of pins, and that's kind of his M.O., is he just doesn't really care too much about uh, the sort of fear that grips a lot of golfers, and sometimes that leads to total disaster. He makes occasionally uh, dumb decisions that he did kind of on the final hole of the players this year. All he had to do was sort of punch out into the fairway and he tried to hit a little more of an aggressive hook and hit it in the water and almost ended up blowing a championship that he had, he had sort of got fought all day to get in position for it. He drives the ball kind of crooked, but he's just an artist with the putter and really in a way that I'm not sure we've seen in the last you know few years. I mean, it's, if you had a putt right now that had to go in and anybody on earth could take it, you'd probably want to pick Cam Smith to, to roll it in. Well, I mean, on the, the back nine, Kevin, I, I honestly thought every time he had anything lined up, it was going in. Uh, I, it Really, the, 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 the hole looked like the ocean to me, just watching it. I can well, only imagine it was in his head. I mean, it was really like watching a basketball player get on a run where it's like they're unconscious, you know, like Jordan throwing in all those threes in the finals or Steph yeah, shrugging. doing the same thing. Like, it's just, he, he just, he, as soon as he stared over it, he wasn't going to miss. And what's crazy is that he just the day before, you know, had a lot of those similar putts and couldn't make anything. So it sort of shows you the fickle nature of, of putting is if sometimes you see the line and you can judge the speed and everything is just going in and some days you don't have it. And, and sorry for Rory, but, you know, the one day that he needed, you know, Cam Smith to be mortal, he absolutely was not. And especially that his final putt of the day, um, it, it should be noted, broke a tie that suddenly occurred because Cameron Young, his fellow Cameron, <laughs> their shirts were the same, right? They had the same Titleist hat. Um, their names were the same. This is obviously a different haircut, a little bit different build. But, uh, I mean, uh, Cam- Cameron Young made that eagle. Again, Was that's, that's, that's the shot we were looking for from uh, Rory to try and, and tie things up or, or make a, a threat or, or hold off Cam Smith. But instead, I mean, Smith had that putt, uh, you know, very makeable, obviously, which he made. Some people might have even lipped it out. He he just dead center cut that thing. I I, I will never forget yeah. it. That was unbelievable. It really was. It, it, it was really amazing to watch Cam Young hang in there. I mean, he wasn't really part of the narrative of the day, which is like, could Rory hold off Cam Smith? And yet Cam Young was kind of just doing I – mean, he's an amazing, I think, young player. He's, he's certainly already sewn up like Rookie of the Year. Could have easily gotten in a playoff at the PGA Championship at Southern Hills drives it a mile he's he's a lot of fun to watch and i think when he rolled that eagle and it was like holy cow like actually this really could not it's not might not be wrapped up for cam smith yet i mean that, that was not like the easiest uh up and down through the valley of sin there and yet you know just like he showed on 17 like cam smith just he gets pace and he understands like the where to leave the, the next spot so that he can roll it in kevin van valkenberg a few more minutes left with the espn senior rider here on the rich eisen show where do, where do things stand now, Live Tour, PGA Tour, the uh, RNA, as we saw, uh, did not do any favors in terms of tee times and pairings uh, to those on the Live Tour? At least that was the sense that a lot of people got. Uh, where do things stand on that now that, again, football's starting? I think uh, this story is going to get lost a little bit in the shuffle. Uh, all the so-called majors, as we, as we have turned them. Uh, are over even the the non so-called um it appears what the fedex cup still remains where where do things stand essentially kevin well the it was kind of nice for i have a week of really muted live talk at least but uh you know it, the rumors were still percolating all about whether cam smith is going to be the next person to jump or whether he'd... well there you go Ooh. I think Greg Norman just uh, yeah. just pulled the plug. Yeah. Greg Norman was listening. You think he was standing behind him the whole time <laughs> while he's making the cut? <laughs> I'm curious where he's going to go with that because those are the rumors that are hot. Henrik Stenson, too, it looks like is well, going. And he's going to have his, uh, what, his Ryder Cup captaincy stripped? Yeah, and the thing with Cam Smith, too, uh, is that he's now going to have five-year exemptions at all the majors. 
He can play in the British Open until he's 60 now. Uh, and if his price tag for Liv probably just went way, way up if he hasn't signed already. And so that's uh, one of the hot rumors out there this week. Well, I mean, that's the way things are going to go. Uh, one would think is that the Live Tour will be on top of whoever wins any major championship. That'll be the first phone call that they make. Or showing up in the middle of the night know? with a bag at their crib. You know, you're going to get a call from Wayne Gretzky. Wayne, you know, Wayne on line one. Wayne. No, seriously. Apparently that's... He's one that happening? Of, oh, I haven't seen that's that. That's apparently he's part of the, the, oh, the uh, you know, the, the entree. Well, news just broke that David Faraday's leaving NBC to become an analyst for Live. Oh, is that right? That just broke in the last couple minutes by Andrew Marchand and Charles Barkley is out there. He has said that, you know, I would... <laughs> hurt my mom or something for $200 million, and now he's being rumored to, to have an involvement mm-hmm. in live now. Again, the money is absolutely off the charts. Insane. You know. We're trying to get Kevin back. Uh, I know. I mean, we'll, we'll keep issues. tap dancing a couple more minutes because, uh, you know, phones will just, like, turn off on you and things like that. So, um, but, wow. So, Faraday is, that was his last broadcast for NBC yesterday? Yeah. Andrew Marshawn just had the story. He's leaving the live becoming to become an analyst. They have their third event coming up soon at uh, at one of Trump's courses, right here in the uh, United States. Yep. Okay. Wow. Again, uh, I, I'm, you just you get disappointed by things um, when you know, but you you by news like that. But I can only imagine David Faraday probably just got offered more money than he's ever been offered in his entire broadcasting career to do that. You're probably right. I, I and can't they're reaching out imagine. to Barkley as well again. But yeah. at some point, though, I mean, it, it it's you're just watching very famous, incredibly talented players play in a tournament that means what to you? You know, what does it mean to you? What does it mean to them? What does it mean to anything? What does it mean? Like, there's what's the history of it? What's what? What do you what? Like, what legacy are you trying to achieve and trying to attain? I guess again, it doesn't matter if you just look at your account and you're thinking that's a that's a whole boatload of zeros right, right there. If you're getting, let's just say, Cam Smith is getting a two hundred million dollar essentially signing bonus to go to this thing. You know, Sergio Garcia had said today that he's thinking of withdrawing from the DP World Tour. He already withdrew his or resigned from the PGA Tour because he's quote not feeling the love out there. Well, yeah, no kidding. You were already one of the most not liked players anyway, and you go and do this. I believe Kevin's back on. I think we got him back on. Kevin, did Greg Norman pull the plug on that conversation? Is that what happened? <laughs> I think it was the power outage, but we can't rule anything out. Rich. Okay, so uh, you were saying about, um, you know, that it was interesting that, to get a, a week off of the live talk. And by the way, uh, in the conversation, uh, in, in the interim between your uh, phone going out and, um, and then this, it, it appears David Faraday's leaving NBC Sports to start calling matches for the live tour, by the way, Kevin. So what do you think? It's not not surprising either. I mean, there's just so much money involved that, you know, I think that if if you don't have moral issues with uh, going to to work for Live, then they're just going to keep picking off more and more people. I mean, you know, Cam Smith was asked in the press conference uh, afterwards if he was interested, and he kind of gave one of those non-denial denials that Kepka did of, how dare you ask me about this right now? And I think everybody thinks that he's, going to be the next player to go and there's a lot of rumors about Hideki Matsuyama I mean I think you can sort of feel a lot of the the players who were sort of most adamant about this not going like Rory and John Rahm starting to soften a little bit because they not that they're going to go but they feel sort of like maybe the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour ought to come to more of a kind of an agreement of understanding because you know, right now, the Ryder Cup is going to look like it's devastated. I mean, Henrik Stenson is rumored to sort of being stripped of his Ryder Cup captaincy because he wants to go and, and take you know millions from the Lit Tour. So I, I think there's just – we're going to see more of this stuff play out after the FedEx Cup is over, after the President's Cup is over. I mean, there's a lot of talk that the Australian guys are interested in going as soon as the President's Cup's come and gone because that's kind of their Ryder Cup. So I, I just – it's not – we're never going to see the end of this, really, I think, because it's just the Saudis have too much money. Well, I mean, if 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 now David Faraday starts calling matches for for um, the Live Tour and apparently Barkley is going to be talking to them and, and suddenly you're, you're putting together an entertaining 
package around it. What what are you hearing about possible television partners, or or that's still just verboten because of the contracts that these television partners have with the PGA Tour? I mean that that that's what yeah. ended up. In all honesty, the AFL getting a television package is what really made them a real threat to the NFL and led to a merger. So, yeah. w- what about that? Uh, I, I what are you hearing about that right now, Kevin? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think we've if it's if there are negotiations for that going on right now, none of it has kind of uh, leaked out. I, I still think that it's a little bit of a too hot of a product to handle, especially considering all of the various conflicts that are going on right now. But you know, if you are a upstart, uh, you know, television network, or even if you're you know a, a straight up kind of you know more along the lines of an online deal but you but you have some media ca- you know, cable channel rights or would you be interested in taking a you know swing at this i think of course you'd listen and whether or not uh you know the, that's enough to sort of establish it permanently as a kind of a permanent thing i, I don't know I, I think probably once they get sort of a, an actual tv deal it becomes a whole lot more of a, a reality that it's just never going to go away and the pga tour is suddenly like facing such an existential threat of like what happens if if one of your guys like justin thomas or rory does cave you know i I think all of that we're still at the very beginning of this live stuff that's what's kind of i think people kind of overlook there's been so many times along this process where people said oh well that's dead or oh the only guys that are going to go are guys that don't matter we're still just really at the very beginning we haven't even gotten to the lawsuit sort of stage yet where phil middleton (laughs) is is filing a lawsuit to be able to keep his lifetime membership on the PGA Tour. So I, I think this is going to play out kind of over the next couple of years. So then what, last one for you on this then, is is what's the general sense of how long of a game the Saudis and Greg Norman and the consortium that's running this um, are, are planning? Like, what's the idea of like, okay, like three, four years from now, you know, there'll be three, four, five billion in the hole and not even remotely close to making it back. And, and so what, you know, and right. I mean, yeah, what, what, what what's that, the long game here? Do you think? I think that when we think about the live tour, that we need to sort of think about it in a way that's it's different than any other sort of sports tour that you could imagine. Like, I know that they, we know that they have essentially a four year plan that they've kind of laid out. And over the first two years, they've talked in private about spending, you know, a couple billion dollars. And whether that, you know, to the, to a normal sort of person, a league that essentially makes very little and loses $2 billion would seem to be totally unsustainable. But if you're the Saudis and you're sort of saying, hey, you know, this is sort of helping improve our global uh, relationship with business leaders, with investors, there's more people who are interested in, in helping us build a high-speed train in the middle of the, this new city that we're building in the desert, there's no, like, sort of direct exchange of, like, this has to be profitable to them for them to want to keep it going. It's really just sort of, is this kind of helping, in a lot of ways, launder our reputation, which has taken some much-deserved hits, and helping the sort of larger community say, you know what, we want to help the Saudis kind of modernize their country and their society, and so we can see that these golfers were not sort of canceled or criticized too much for doing this. So we're going to go ahead and go forward with that. And so four years from now, if it's lost $4 billion, that's kind of a drop in the bucket when you're essentially looking at an investment fund that's right now worth $600 billion and might be worth a trillion dollars within you know a decade. That's a pretty good investment if you're sort of saying to yourself, you know what, Japan or various European countries or China is willing to invest money in us because – they feel like it's a beneficial business relationship with them, and they kind of like closing up and playing golf with Hideki Matsuyama or Henrik Stenson or whatever. And so I don't think there's ever a moment. The live people will say differently that, you know, this has to be profitable eventually. But I really think that if you just think of it in, in larger global terms, what is a country that has an enormous amount of money, what is a bill coming to them really worth 2 or $3 billion if they feel like it overall improves their chances to sort of get people to sell them things that they need to modernize their country. In the meantime, though, uh, we're going to watch incredible major tournament championship moments like um, Sundays and then ask the winner, are you going to go to the Live Tour? Or one year the winner will make that announcement upon winning 
or yeah. one year, I'm serious, and then one year we'll yeah. wind up seeing an actual Live Tour member already certified winning a major championship, and that will change the calculus and the dynamic every single time. That's the way it's going to go for a while, yeah. it looks like, Kevin. You know, Absolutely. And I think there's, a, there's still a thing kind of hanging out there of whether how many of these guys will be able to get into – majors through world golf ranking points there's going to be a sort of reckoning i think that comes in the next year over whether the official world golf rankings will recognize live tour events and whether that'll be enough to get guys directly into the majors like for someone like cam smith he doesn't really care about that moment because he's got an exemption for life into the british open and for the next five years into all the other majors so he can go and basically play the british open forever and all those other majors until he's in deep into his 30s and figure out the hope that this is kind of figured out. If you're, you know, someone who hasn't won a major, a Taylor Gooch or, you know, one of the other sort of younger guys who went to live and you want to play in these majors, you're going to find yourself in a tough spot if the OWGR never says, hey, you know, we're welcoming you guys. We're going to weigh these points accordingly. So I think you're right. I think there's a Dustin Johnson could easily win a major and sort of it could be a huge thing for live. I think Brooks Kepke, you never know, could win another major. He's, he's going to be exempted to a lot of them for a long time. So all of that is going to come to a head. And you're right. What if we get a, a professional wrestling situation where a guy, yeah. you know, rips open his shirt and is wearing a live shirt on the, on the 18th tee or whatever and sort of says, thanks to Greg Norman for all the, the benefits that I've gotten from him. Uh, and I think everyone needs to be prepared for it. And in the meantime, all the players that are like, you know, this is a, this is a media-driven thing. You guys keep bringing it up. Well, the reason why it's keep being brought up is because – points are on the line and we don't know if we're going to see you next year we don't know i mean this is way too much of an open wound in a a fluid situation that's why it's being discussed not just to stir anything And a lot of the players seem so angry about being asked about it the way i sort of responded is if you were proud about this if you felt good about your decision why not just own it say yeah i think it's a great opportunity like i i don't really care if uh you ask me about it because i think that I'm really honored to be taken, you know, considered for being compensated the way I think I deserve. And but they're they're really defensive and they're really angry about a lot of it. And I think it's in part because there is a little level of shame. They know, like whether it's Phil Mickelson or Ian Poulter or somebody, Brooks Kepka, some of these guys who've snapped their reporters about it. They know that what they're doing is kind of goes against what they were previously stood for. Kevin, thanks for the time. Look for my call again. You Appreciate it. Thanks again. And you betcha. Thank you. Yeah. You bet. That's Kevin Van Valkenburg of ESPN. Uh, Right here on the Rich Eisen Show. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back here, um, one, one more uh, item to discuss um, from uh, from Sunday and the, the weekend's events um, that I think you'll want to stay tuned for. Let's just put it that way. That's next. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. The Rogue ST driver, every golf equipment company claims to be wa- longer off the tee, but Callaway's new Rogue ST driver is the only one built to completely bomb it. There's four different offerings. I use the Max, by the way. Uh, got a chance to play with my brother-in-law the oh. other day using a Rogue ST hey Max driver, and I'm telling you, you really can feel the difference. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Yep. I love it. 
I absolutely love my Rogue ST driver because it's engineered with a new tungsten speed cartridge. Gives you more speed on off-center hits, provides more forgiveness thanks to high MOI. And I'm telling you, every single time you swing it, you feel more confident standing over it because you know all you need to do is just make a good pass. The ball is just going to go fly. I love it. And like I said, there's four different offerings. The Max, the Max D is a dedicated draw model. The Max LS, stronger trajectory, more neutral ball flight. The real players out there, this is what the tour players love. The Rogue ST Triple Diamond LS. It's awesome. Callaway's thought through every aspect of speed, so all you've got to do is go rogue. Find your rogue SG driver at callawaygolf.com slash go rogue. One last thing to talk about. Look, uh, I don't want to take anything away from, from uh, Cameron Smith, but m- one of my favorite moments uh, with, uh, with Rory McIlroy, when he went up by two strokes, um, you know, making that, uh, making that birdie, going up by two strokes, uh, and then um, his, uh, his caddy put him in that, that cart and just wee, would just rolled, rolled him right down uh, from one from the green to the next uh, tee box, just put him at. Oh, I'm sorry, that was that was you, that. No, I'm sorry, that about? was Rafael Devers homering on Saturday night <laughs> to go up one nothing. Oh. oh, that's right. And then and then the Yankees scored 14 unanswered, yes. and then and then and then Damn. double digited them the next day. Rich, it's easy. Just think of championships. Wee! Just put him <laughs> in a championship. Rafael Devers, who deserves by 47. the way 300 million dollars, and for whatever reason the Red Sox. Hey, let me crap all you, over you, but then be like, no, oh, yeah, you. No, no, he, no, no, he, he does. He absolutely does. He's remarkable. The Yankees can't get him out. But it's like, you know, you've homered. He, he's homered against the Yankees a million times and just put him in a cart and wee, like he's never <laughs> homered before, right down the dugout. Wee. High five, everybody. And then let's give up 14 unanswered. Like, what is it like to hate fun? Oh, it's not hating fun. What it is, is like, like for instance, Matt Carpenter, right? He's oh, been there car. and done that. He's been there and done that. And he's doing things that say, well, what? Just off the top of my head. He's doing things that like uh, only uh, Ruth and Gehrig have done. And DiMaggio. Let me just turn my ear off. Oh, my God. Ruth, Gehrig, <laughs> and DiMaggio. In terms of multiple games with seven or more runs batted in in a single season. Those the only other Yankees who have done it. Ruth, Gehrig, DiMaggio, Matt Carpenter. You don't need to shout. Those guys were my pretty good at baseball. Matt Carpenter. And so, what did he do? Did they, what, what did he do? Did he go in a golf cart? Did he go in a cart? Did he go in his ear? No, just high five. And then, you know what? Maybe take a curtain call from the Yankee Stadium crowd who loves him. And why not? And why not? It's funny. No, 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 no. And it's funny. It's funny. You know, everyone, you know, you guys making fun of me being on in Italy and you'd be doing social media, this and that. And you're like, you're sick and tired of it. How about being on the other end of it? Okay. You're just having a good time. You're having a good time. Six hours ahead. Don't even know. Wake up the next day. It's a beautiful day. Wake up the next day and you see that the Yankees lost to the Red Sox because before this uh, series win, they split four in uh, in Boston. Yankees yeah. took the first two, then the Red Sox took the next two. Okay, and so uh, you know you wake up the next day and you see uh, Yankees uh, Red Sox beat the Yankees. Ah, oh, okay. Then you go on your Twitter feed just to see what's going on in the world, and you see your friend um, say, "Started three rookies on the mound, consecutive comeback wins." Guess who's not afraid of the big bad unstoppable Yankees? <laughs> this Red Sox team. Hashtag the energy is about to shift. By the way, after this. Uh, they went and got uh, uh, swept all four games in Tampa after the energy was about to shift. Uh, so, and and who are you, and who who are you who are you also tweeting at? Who are you tweeting? Who are those people you're tweeting at? So they are now on my timeline trying to troll me too. Tongue in cheek. I okay. Mean, okay. Really. Got it. New odds to the humor are lost on no, you. No, 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 but because you're that doesn't translate you're, six hours ahead. Because you're because you're, you're also tweeting at people I don't even know of. They're all Red Sox people. I started taking a look on it. I said, "Take who are these people?" And they start showing up on my timeline too. Before we left, before we left, it was a 12 and a half game lead the Yankees had on the Red Sox. And I'm like, when I come back, is it going to be single digits or 15? What am I supposed to say? You said single digits. Well, what am I supposed to Just say? Put it up. Put it up. 16 yeah, and a half. Yeah, good. Newsflash. Half. We're halfway That's through a, the year and your team's good. I mean, what, what's today's I date? I don't know what we're we'll doing. What's today's date? Yeah, if you. I'm not mistaken. All right. 13-game lead the Yankees have in the American League East is the largest lead. It's the largest lead anybody's had in the history of the American League East uh, since the, uh, you know, uh, realignment and everything. Guess what? It's going to end with zero rings. It's possible. Yankees need to definitely get get that rotation a little short up. Certainly with uh, Severino a little hurt. Is real good. His team's got to look in the rearview mirror and see the Atlanta Braves. That's I mean, we took, and we the took care of them last week, Rich. Yankees, y- Yankees look in the... Oh, I must have missed that. Yeah, we took care of them. <laughs> Toronto is the team I'm worried about. You should, no, no, no. Why? Stop what? it. You shouldn't be worried about anybody. It's the Astros. You're worried, you're worried about, about them. yourself. 
You don't want to be in a game seven hey, in Houston damn, again. Man. I mean, you, guys you don't do that. Tampa you don't want to do that. Too, you don't want to I mean, do that. You, you don't want to. You don't want to go to Houston. You don't want to go to Houston where they, you know, where they won't take their jerseys off. Oh, that's true. Oh, this is great. <laughs> Fred Warner of Trey Lance's San Francisco 49ers coming up. Want me to bang 27 times? Trey Lance's 49ers. I can bang 27 times for the runs we scored. What, eight titles since you were born? Like, let's let's count them while you were alive. Yeah, this is the happened in none since 09. None since 09. Hold on. Uh, he's right. None since 09. That's right. Got to cut. They got to finish it. Got to finish it. But they yeah, made but they, the they made it the break. Let's let's uh, let's take a break. Let's, you know, we'll take a break and uh, and come back and and uh, Thursday it'll be a doubleheader: Yankees in Houston. Oof. Oh, really? Yeah, to make up for that first week that got blown uh, off with the with the uh, wow with the lockout. They got a, it's it's a doubleheader in Houston Jesus. to start things off on Thursday. Be like a thousand degrees. Boom! Right at you. And the uh, Astros are just four back. That's it. That's the that's the one for the oh, oh, okay. How about the Mariners? 13, 14 <laughs> wins fire. in a row. Fourteen wins in a row. On fire. Fourteen wins in a row There's for the good. Seattle Mariners. The, some down. Good the Orioles had gotten to five hundred. The Orioles got to five hundred. They're in the mix. Same and same thing uh with uh with the White Sox. There's some good teams. Okay. Now let's see. Let's take a look at the National League. Take a look at the National League. The Dodgers have sixty wins now. The Dodgers have sixty wins. As uh, how many times is Clayton Kershaw going to flirt with uh, perfection in a single year? I'm surprised he didn't get taken out. Sixty and thirty. <laughs> there are the Metropolitans. Metropolitans. Uh, Braves are right there. Are right there, and uh, I mean, the, the Bravos. Well, oh, the Braves. Are, Braves are two and a half behind the Mets. That's that. Dodgers, Cardinals Dodgers and Giants. Sixty And then there's that's it. There's nobody close enough uh, in NL to put up on there. The Marlins are five back. Okay. Don Mattingly's Marlins, everyone. How about the Padres? Great for staff for them. No Tatis the whole year. I know, right? He's like finally maybe going to start throwing uh, soon. Okay, here we go. Slam Diego. We got to get them back in the mix, man. Well, Slam, Slam Diego. Diego. Slam Diego. Why can't I say that it's it's sophomoric to roll down your uh, cart and and say Devers deserves three hundred millions at the same time? Why can't I say the same th- sentence? They're just like they're. No, oh, he's on the bets hey, plan. Let, hey, let me crap cl- on your celebration, no, but then right. say it's, you deserve all the money. Like, you do. Who cares? So act like you've been there before, which he has against the it's Yankees. He wears them out. Wears them out. What is it like not enjoying fun? Things? Oh, I love fun. This, I, I, I'm ha- for instance, I'm having a. F- Boatload of fun right now. But, but no one this else. Might, this might no be my most I am. But fun no one else is having fun. And we got two hours sort of, to go. Sort of. This is great. I'm happy. <laughs> 